Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The FT. By far the most cheering thing in the newspaper last week was a letter from Robert Pickering, the man who used to run Casanova. In it, he took a pot shot at Anthony Jenkins, the Barclays boss, for trotting out the dreary old cliché of the death spiral to justify his banker's bonuses. There's absolutely no need, Mr Pickering pointed out, to pay ever bigger sums to prevent investment bankers from quitting. No bank ever went under because its people got poached. Bankers come and go and the world goes on turning. The letter was delightful because A, it was right, B, it came from someone who knows what he's talking about, and C, it's always terrific spectator sport when bankers start attacking each other. Mr Pickering says there's no point spraying money at people who are threatening to leave because you can survive perfectly well without them. That's true, but from where I sit, outside the warped world of investment banking, there's another truth – There's no point spraying money at people because, to quote Jesse J, it's not about the money. When it comes to poaching, there are two sorts of employees, footballers and Financial Times journalists. If you're a footballer, it is about the money. You have a set of skills that are measurable, and if someone else values them more than your current employer, you move on. Modern investment bankers have become like footballers. They sell themselves to the highest bidder. At the other extreme are FT journalists. I single us out less because we're special than because I happen to have a worm's eye view of our comings and goings. It seems like every week for the last 28 years I've witnessed a leaving party or two, so I know what I'm talking about. Yet I can think of hardly any colleagues in all that time who have left because another paper looked at their skills which were almost as easy to measure as those of a footballer, and was prepared to pay more for them. That's not to say that people haven't quit to get richer. Quite a few have left journalism because they fancied the swankier lifestyle in public relations. But only very rarely do they get lured away to a similar job for the simple reason of more money. Sure, most leave having negotiated a better salary, and some craftily use an approach to wrest a rise out of the FT but the real reason is always something else. Either the other paper is offering a column or a grander position, or the journalist had felt unloved at the FT, had risen as far as they could go, or had fallen out with someone. Most relatively decent organisations are much closer to the FT model than to the football one. A survey by Gallup in the US showed that workers choose to leave jobs because they don't like their boss, they felt they didn't fit in, 
or that there were no promotion prospects. Only about 20% said money had anything to do with it. So why is it like this? Why do people stay when more money could be found elsewhere? In the FT's case, it's due to four things. First, ours is a newspaper of which, most of the time, you can feel proud. Second, it moves its journalists around so they don't get bored. Third, colleagues are pretty congenial. And finally, there's a benign owner who doesn't tell you what to write. When I joined the city in the early 1980s, investment banking had not yet adopted the football model. If you were a Warburg man, you didn't become a Schroeder's man just because it was prepared to pay a bit more. That sedate old world has gone, but the grasping soullessness of the new one surely creates a gap in the market for something a bit nicer. There's a need for a new investment bank built along FT lines. It would pay relatively badly, though still handsomely compared to non-banking jobs, and would make this into a big selling point. In return, it would promise to treat young bankers as people, let them go home at a reasonable hour, and allow them to feel, a bit, proud of what they did. There would be a moral superiority to be had from working there. It would be the waitrose of investment banking. Aspiring bankers, not yet corrupted by the current model, would surely flock to it. So would clients, hungry for something a bit less flash and brash than what's now on offer. The trouble with my new bank is that you would need a largish group of seasoned bankers to set it up, all of whom would need to take a big pay cut. Mr Pickering, writing from his armchair, is gloomy at the prospect of anyone changing much. And on that, I have a nasty feeling he could be right too. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.